good to us. Everybody good tonight? Coming out on Wednesday night, hearing some word. Amen. Staying connected to the word. I'm going to be reading this verse of scripture um, a lot in the next few weeks, months, or whatever. You're just going to hear this a lot. And um, actually not one of the verses of scripture I'm going to talk about tonight, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Deuteronomy chapter 29 and Anyway, it's in there somewhere. But what it says is this. That as we keep the word, as we keep the word, we will prosper in everything that we do. As we keep the word. (laughs) I'll figure out where the verse of scripture is, but as we keep his word, we prosper in everything that we do. What true prosperity is, listen to me when I say this, what true prosperity is, is taking God's power and ability and meeting the needs of mankind with it. That's true prosperity. A lot of people think of prosperity as defined as something that just pertains to them. But it's me having such a connection with God that His power and ability through me meets the needs of other people. What is it? Yes, it is. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Proverbs 29.9. You're going to hear me read that verse of Scripture a lot over the next period of time. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant. Because when you, when you enter into a covenant relationship with God, it's through His Word. I mean, the first few hours of every morning in my life, I covenant with God. I communicate with God. He and I converse back and forth. I've been doing this for years and years. So His Word is not just something that I read. It speaks to me. I covenant with him. He said, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in everything you do. God's power coming on the scene in and through your life to not only meet your own needs, but meet the needs of people around you. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most unselfish institution, if you will, on the planet unselfish. It's all about God and people, and God wants to use you and I for people. 
So that means he wants to use everybody for other people. God wants to see needs met through other people to other people because God can't meet a need from heaven when there's a need on the earth. If, if, a, person needs, if a person needs Federal Reserve notes on, on the planet, there are none in heaven. But God's got more than enough to meet all of our need because He knows how to speak to people, and I want to be used by God to do those kind of things, whatever, it, whatever the need is. And when we catch hold of that, and it, that becomes more real to us than just even our daily life, then every need gets met, everything happens and we advance and we prosper we fulfill the purpose that we're on this earth to fulfill amen glory to god amen amen, amen. so <clears throat> that was free it took a long time but it was free <clears throat> but tonight i'm i'm picking up where i left off a couple of weeks ago in our little series we're doing on no more fear. No fear. No fear. Not, not tolerating fear in any way and any type of fear whatsoever. In the last, I think this is the fourth message that I've done on this, we talked about um, different kinds of fear one of the nights. Um, the fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of the future, the fear of death. All fear is tied to the fear of death. And in Hebrews 2, and we'll read that verse of Scripture in a minute, the fear of death that he's talking about that kept people in bondage for all their lives before Jesus came and still keeps people in bondage who have not accepted what Jesus did for them, that fear of death is separation from God. It's the fear of having no connection to the answer to overcome the things that we face. You have... You have financial issues, you have health issues, you have relationship issues, you have all kinds of things. The fear that there's no answer to overcome is the fear that plagued humanity before Jesus came, and now we don't have to fear anymore. Everybody say, no more fear. That's where God created you and I to live. He's positioned us to live free from fear. No more fear. No fear. Because when you fear, you're not in faith. And the thing that you most greatly fear is the thing that actually happens because you spend so much med meditation and time believing that that's going to come to pass. When what God wants us to do is to keep the words of His covenant like we just read, do them, and prosper and overcome every opportunity to fear. Because there's many of them, and there's a boatload of them every day. I mean, just right out in front of us. We don't have to fear. We don't have to give in to anything. Can you say amen to that? So, our foundation verse is Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. In other words, I have a connection with God. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking the Lord. I'm developing my relationship with God. I believe that God hears me, and I believe that He has delivered me from all fear. I believe today that I am delivered from all fear. 
Does that mean that there's, there'll never be another opportunity to be afraid? No, and actually there'll be more. But I believe I am free from fear. How many believe that today? Well, you can say yes because if you're born again and you believe in the power of God's Word and you believe that you have faith in God's Word, then you can say, I am delivered from all fear. And in some situations, it's a faith statement. Some situations, it's it's a past thing because you've already accomplished that, but then you have to maintain it. Oh, yeah, I got delivered that years ago. And you just let that go. I mean, that stuff will creep back in in all different kinds of ways. No, I am free from fear because of what Jesus did. Amen? I sought the Lord. Notice, David didn't just say here, you know, I did this, I jumped through a few hoops, I said a few confessions, and I'm free from fear. No, he sought the Lord. He had relationship with God, connection with God, and he's free from all fear. That's what he found out in his relationship with God. I'm done with fear. Done. Proverbs 29. Ah, Proverbs 29. Oh, no, that was Deuteronomy 29. Another 29. <laughs> uh, th- this, is, this is powerful, and it's in the New Living Translation. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice comes from the Lord. Dang, there's so much in that. We could talk for the next two hours about that right there. Being afraid of people is a trap. Or fearing and reverencing people like people are going to do something for you or somebody's going to have the ability to make you something or make you into something is a dangerous trap. Man, I'm telling you, there there are people everywhere that want to make you think that they're the answer to your life. I'm telling you today, God's the answer. Notice what he said right here? He said, I say this, I speak this over myself and in my prayers over this church body, I declare this, that we as, as individual people, we trust God and we live in a safe place. Trusting God is a safe place. No fear, there's rest, there's calmness, no stress, no strife, no division, no no fear of man, no fear of this, that, or the other. It's a calm, and it's a secure, and it's a safe place. Amen? When you trust in the things of God. But fearing people and wanting favor of other people more than you want the favor of God will hurt you. Now listen, the Bible tells us that we have favor like a shield around us. Because of God with man. When you, go, when you go out looking for a job and you're putting applications out and uh, you're looking for jobs, we can have expectation that we have favor as we put those in that we're going to get the right job because of our God. We don't have to go and manipulate people and, and try to get them to feel this way. I mean, do anything you need to do, whatever God leads you to do. Go and, and hand deliver them and give them to them or do whatever you're going to do. But at the end of the day, you trusting God will cause you to get the right job. In any situation, I don't care what it is. You'll get the right one when you have the favor of the Lord. So we have favor with man because of God. 
But you have to be like David was in Psalm 34. You have to be seeking God to find that out. You have to have a relationship. You have to, ha- you have to be communing with God, covenanting with God, going, you know, having a dialogue with God day to day that His Word is not just something I read and I store in my head. It's something that I'm conversing with Him about. God, I thank you. I thank you. The situation tried to happen. You know, I'm not saying something did. I'm saying, like, you're going to God. God, the situation tried to happen, but man, I know I am so confident that you're in me, and your word says that greater is greater are you in me than, than what I face in the world, and I believe that I can do all things, and I am overcoming in this situation because Jesus already overcame all the obstacles that are in the world, and I'm empowered by Jesus Christ. God, I just thank you for it. And you don't have to get all that and spit all over yourself, you know. But you, you, you don't have to get all worked up about it. Just commune with it. Allow those words to go back and forth. Just talk and dialogue with God. It's real. You keep the words of that covenant and you do them and you will prosper in everything you do. Amen? Amen? I really like this verse. These two verses. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, boldly say. We may boldly say. Say. We may boldly say. The Lord, I don't know, I don't know, what, I don't know what boldly means to you, but... Boldly means to me that, no, 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 the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Man can do nothing to me. I will fear nothing that man appears and looks like they have the opportunity to have the upper hand against me. I will fear nobody. Why? Because the Lord's my helper. He doesn't do it all for me, but he's my helper. And when does he become your helper? David, what did David say? I sought the Lord, and he heard me, <laughs> and he showed me I don't have to be afraid of anything. Yeah. He's helping me, showing me, revealing to me. I don't have to be afraid of that. I don't have to be afraid of that person. I don't have to be afraid of what that person said or this situation that happened. I don't have to be afraid of any of it. The Lord's my helper. Boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What does it say? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Where do you get that? From seeking God. Now, just to take a moment on this. You know, you you could be born again for 50 years and have an idea of what it means to seek God and it could be wrong right? So, I don't know about you, but I I want what seeking God, like we've just read here, what does it mean to seek God? Because I believe it's the key to prospering and advancing and being free of fear in anything that tries to keep control of my life. It's the key to it, but what does it mean to seek God? Well, 
when you, when you look at that word seek in, 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 this, um, in, in this perspective of what we're talking about here, to seek God, is also to know Him. Um, to abide in Him, to be friends with Him, um, to communicate with Him, to seek God. And I, I, I can just give you about five ways that I seek God on a regular basis because I want to, not because there's a law that I have to do it like this, but I want to do this. And the more I've done it, I've realized it works. I get, I've, I've gotten to know God better. Sometimes I like to just sit and be quiet. Sometimes you, you can't get something from God because you're too busy. You could be too busy doing things. You can be too busy talking. And sometimes you just need to shut up and just be quiet and just sit. I'm, I, mean, you, you, I mean, just sitting and, and attempting to hear from God is not the only way to seek God. But it's one of the ways that I found that I can get some really good stuff from God. And, and what I've noticed is it really doesn't take a long time, but i got to be willing to just kind of sit or walk or something where I can shut my mind off and pray in the Spirit, and sometimes not even pray in the Spirit, but pray in the Spirit for a little while and then turn that off and just listen because He wants to talk to you. And some people don't know what that even looks like that God would actually talk to you because I've never, in 40 plus years of salvation, I've never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. I'm not saying He doesn't, because he's done that. I know other people that have heard an audible voice from God. But that's not the norm. It's the still small voice on the inside of us that is the norm. That's how God operates. And so, so I've learned to hear things that he says to me. Like, I'll ask him a question about something. And then I'll sit and listen. Uh, I mean, because if I go to my wife and I ask her a question and then I run off, well, honey, you, didn't, you, you never answered me. Well, you didn't hang around, yeah. right? So, so it's, it's no good to ask a question and run off. Ask God a question. Lord, what am I going to do about this situation, whatever it might be? And I'll find time where I'm just going to sit, and I'm going to sit, and I'm going to listen. Can God speak to you? You've got to become convinced that his word can speak back to you and tell you what you want to hear, but you've got to be willing to not run off. And find the time. Well, Pastor, I, I, busy life. Get up earlier. I mean, you know, like I said, it doesn't take a long time. Get up, you know, well, I get up at 5, get up at 4.30. I mean, what do you want? Do you want some time with God? Just give him 30 minutes and I promise you, if you'll consistently give him, actually, if you'll give him five minutes, if you give him no time to where you're just sitting and listening and learning to develop your, your internal hearing from God, I promise you, he will speak some things to you. Give him five minutes. And when you start getting answers, five will turn into 10 because you want it. And 10 to 20 and 30 and whatever time you spend with him. It, he, God, God doesn't want you to create laws that you have to keep. He wants you to develop this ability to seek Him, to communicate with Him, to connect with Him, to understand Him, to know His voice. It's more real, 
it's more, his voice is more real than you hearing me today if you develop it. I sought the Lord. He heard me. Man, that's a key thing. Well, you know, I talked to God, but you know, it's like he didn't hear me. You ever said that or heard someone else say it? I've said it at different times. But listen, <laughs> if I didn't hear him, it's because I ran off. <laughs> I got busy. Man, I had to do something else. And I didn't take the quality time. You know what? Think about, think about you know, if you, if you work a job for someone else, uh, that time is theirs. But the time you don't work for someone else and it's yours, think about other things that you're faithful to do. You may be faithful to watch a TV show every night. Oh, I can't miss that. Well, it'd be good to miss that a couple of times and just make sure you're spending some time with God. Doesn't mean you can't watch the TV show. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but let's not put that higher than, than what we value in learning to develop a relationship with God where we can hear Him. Because that's where we get delivered of fear and that's where we advance and prosper. Sought the Lord, He heard me, and what David found out is that he didn't have to be afraid of his enemies. That's right. The Lord is my helper. Just, just listen to that, the, verse 5 and 6, listen to this in the Amplified. It's, a, it's like a whole book, but listen to these two verses. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you. I will not in any way fail you or give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you. Man, I mean, he made his point. Assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? And the answer to that question is nothing if the Lord is your helper because you've sought him, you're hearing him, and he's reaffirming that he'll never do any of the things that the enemy tries to tell you. Well, you know, the Lord's just... He's left you. He doesn't care about you. You know, you, you, you screwed up over here the other day, and so God's just kind of letting you go, and you made mistakes in the past, and, you know, you're not, you know, you, you, you didn't raise your children right, and so because of that, this, or, I mean, all kinds of mess that the enemy says, and yet God says, God says, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, will not, will not in any degree, leave you helpless or forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you in any way, shape, or form. He said, assuredly, I won't do that. Amen. 
If you didn't get it from the rest of what he said, assuredly I won't. That's what God says. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. That's why you got to keep the word of his covenant daily, all the time. Keep your mind washed with the words of that covenant so that you're confident that fear has no power over you and what fear tries to tell you is going to happen is not going to happen because God's delivered you of all fear. Can you say amen to that? That's what he said in his word. Amen? I love this passage, Psalm 23.4. I love all these. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, your word and your spirit, they comfort me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yea, though I walk through it, I fear no evil. No matter what I go through, no matter how dark something appears to be at specific times, never be moved by what you see. Learn every day, I'm not going to be moved by what I see. see. See, you have to do the word in the moment, not just hear the word when you come here, not just say a few confessions and then get out in the darkness of the real world, because it's dark out there, right? And then not do the word in the moment. If we don't do the word in the moment, we're not learning how to overcome and, and, and be recipients of what he's paid for for us in anything that we face. Amen? I mean, we're on his team, and we're on the winning side. We've already won. It's not going to be someday. We're just learning to adjust from old ways to new ways and embrace those new ways and let them overtake us, because I'm telling you, they will if we believe this stuff that we're talking about tonight. They will overtake you. Let's look at Joshua chapter 1 in these last couple of verses, these last couple of passages that we're going to look at here and in tonight. Um, So, you know, to to just set this up as as we read these few verses, think about this for a moment. Joshua is about, in Joshua 1, when we see Joshua's life, he's about 75 years old. And um, the most meek and humble and most used person on planet Earth to date has just passed away. And the mantle has been shifted to Joshua. And um, he's been given the instructions to lead the children of Israel into the promises. They've spent 40 years in the wilderness. They didn't enter in. An 11-day journey turned into 40 years. And they never entered into what God had promised them beforehand. Why? Because of their unbelief. Because they didn't embrace the words of the covenant, what God had said he, he had already done for them and what he had prepared the way for them. They didn't embrace that. They got moved by what they saw. They got in fear. And the enemy beat their britches off. Literally. And so here's Joshua with, I mean, you know, stats show somewhere between three and five million people. It's a big church. 
and Jesus and Joshua's the pastor, <laughs> and he's going to lead this complaining bunch for the most part into the promised land. And um, I'm telling you, there was some fear. I'm telling you, he was probably riddled with fear. Moses is gone. I mean, when you're, when you're second in command, you know, for a long period of time, and then your leader's gone, and now it falls on you. I mean, it, it's one thing to be standing behind the leader and let him do his thing, but it's another thing to become that and, and, and begin to fill the, that role. And that's what he was doing. And so, Joshua, <laughs> just like everybody else in the Bible, repeated himself over and over and over and over again as he's talking to this bunch that's about to go into the promised land. God says to Joshua here, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may what? prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Over and over and over, be strong and of good courage and no fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. Why? Because I'm with you. And he said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life and the way I was with Moses, and you saw me do everything that I did with Moses, I'll do with you and them. As you read on in, in, in the book of Joshua, not only did he do what he did for Moses, but he did more. Why? Because Joshua, even though it was intimidating, even though fear was trying to grip his mind, he had been a doer of the word, and he took the word that he did in all those years with Moses, and he put that word to work. And it was victory after victory after victory after victory. And then eh, there was kind of a defeat. But he figured out why and he corrected it. And victory after victory after victory after victory. And truly, in Joshua's whole life, the rest of his life, no man was able to stand before him all of his days. Nobody. Why? Because he was free of fear. Even though fear gripped him, even though he had lots of things to be afraid of, even though he had a lot of stuff to be intimidated by in what he was doing and leading these people into the promised land, man, the word that he had done all those years, he applied him in the situation that he faced. And God caused him to overcome. And why would it be any different with you and I? You say amen to that? Amen. I'm telling you today, it's no different with us. 
The same God that did for Joshua, the same God that did for David, the same God that did for Abraham. You know what? God's just looking for a man, a woman, a man or a man with a womb. He's looking for a man that's going to say yes like Abraham did. He's looking for a man that said yes like Noah. He's looking for a man that said yes like Moses. He's looking for a man that said yes like David. What, what, what did David do? David was willing to go and spend much of his money on the land and the supplies to build the temple for God. And he said, yes, I'll do it. And he did it. And then his son Solomon said, yes, I'll build it. And all the way down to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Father, if there be any other way, yet not my will but yours be done. And his son fulfilled everything that you and I would need in life so that when he said, not my will but yours be done, it was accomplished right then. And what has happened for us? Now we're able to come and get the help we need to be able to overcome anything that we face. So nothing in the form of fear in any package that gets delivered to your door do you have to receive. God hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. You don't have to receive a thing from anybody. Amen? The devil's a liar. God's on the throne. He's already delivered you, and fear will not grip you in my life if we do as Joshua did. He did the word that he had learned. What you're learning, what you've been learned, many of you have learned much. Just be doers of what you learn in the moment that you face situations. See, what we don't want, he's looking for a man that will just do what he wants him to do, a man or a woman to do what he wants, okay? So what we don't want to find ourselves doing is in the little things. I'm talking about the small things, the little things. We don't want to say we're a Christian. We don't want to say we're a believer. We don't want to say we walk by faith. And then when a fear situation of any kind tries to grip our hearts, that we respond giving in to fear. We don't want to be those people. We've all done it. So everybody's in the same boat. We've all done it. I don't care who you are. You have responded to fear by giving in to fear. Everybody's done it. I don't care who it is. Well, that's mine. Do you ever get these numbers that's a number short? What the? I have blocked at least, well, I don't want to exaggerate, at least, uh, at least several hundred of them I've blocked. Like this number right here is 830-372-099. From Seguin. Maybe I ought to answer one of them. Anyway. Unless it's a message. Yeah, no, they never leave a message. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I could turn it, I could play it. Yeah, they, if it rings again while I'm preaching, that's what we'll do. <clears throat> that's what we'll do. We'll let them hear, hear, hear the message and see if, if they'll hang around. <clears throat> anyway, what was I saying? Sorry, I got distracted. Yeah, I know. Now the number. Um, but the, 
that God's looking for somebody that's, that, that is not going to give in in the moment. That's where we learn this, you know? We, we can talk about it all day that we need to do this, we need to do it this way, and we need, we need this worked out in our life. But the only way it will work is that you become convinced that this process really works. And you have to apply it. Um, I was sitting at a table with somebody a while back, that good friend of mine, known him for years and years. And, um, and you know, we're, we're sitting and we're talking, and he's telling me something that he's going through. And the way he's responding in the situation, I can tell he has no faith in God or trust in God to overcome this situation. He's overwhelmed by the situation. How do I know that? Because of his words. And, and the situation had to do with finances. And so he's telling me how he's going to have to do this. I'm going to have to figure this out. And, I, and, and so as we got through the conversation, he asked me, he said, you know, I mean, I was just listening. And then he said, what do you think? And I said, do you want to know what I think? He said, yeah, I want to know. I said, well, I'm going to tell you what I think. I said, first thing I'm going to ask you is, what word do you have on overcoming this situation? He couldn't answer. I mean, how many have ever been in that situation? I have. I've been where I've let the circumstances overwhelm me. I have no word on it. And if, if somebody asked me that question, I'd have to either lie or say, you know, I don't have one. And that's what he said. And I said, well, man, listen, you can try to figure it out. You can try this and try that thing and try to get aid here or whatever it is that you need. Okay, try that. But I'm telling you, God will deliver you if you will go to the Word and let the Word begin to saturate your mind. Then whatever you do in the natural, I'm not saying you, there's not anything to do in the natural, but whatever you do in the natural, you're going to do it more from the wisdom of God instead of you out of desperation trying to make something happen. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm way gone from those kind of, that, that type of a world or those ways of doing things. And so I'm very aware of everything that I say. Now, think of this. How many know what Mark eleven twenty three says? You know what Mark eleven twenty three says? It says, whoever, verse 22 says, have faith in God or have the God type of faith. And it says this. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. So faith or believing is mentioned right there. Saying is here, but believes that those things that he says, two says and one believe, he will have everything that he says. So believing is one piece, but three times in that verse of Scripture, to get what we want to see, we've got to say. So we've got to say three times as much as we're believing to get to a place where we really believe it's going to happen when we say it, we've got to be saying it. So we got to be actively in situations saying what the Word says, even when my head's screaming out thinking, why did I even say that? Because the word said so. Doesn't mean that every time you say something, it's going to change a circumstance. But the more you say it, the more you begin to believe it. Did you hear me? Three times in that verse of scripture, it tells me to say. 
So if I want to become a stronger believer, I've got to become a stronger and more effective sayer over everything that I say and do so that my life gets liberated and free from fear of any kind, of man, of failure, of anything that the devil is working overtime to convince people of. He's a liar, and I don't, I don't listen to liars. I listen to God and his voice. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So, just remember this passage right here. I'm going to read it. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Three verses. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. That word dismayed is defined as be, don't put yourself in a position to want to give up. Being so overwhelmed, dismayed, overwhelmed that you just want to quit. No. Fear not for I am with you. The only way you're going to fear not is if you're seeking God and you know he is with you and in the middle of everything you're doing. It's the only way. Otherwise, you're going to fear. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. How many, I mean, how many times in Scripture has he told us he will help us? We are not without help. Amen. Amen? I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. Hand. Right side. Behold, all those who are incensed against you, you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I the Lord your God will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. That's our God. And you know what? In all the people or all the situations or the enemies against us, what he's talking about right there is that when, when, when people or, or issues appear to be our problem, they become as nothing when my focus now is on God. It's not, listen, people are not our problem. I don't want to see people just because, here's another one. It's ringing. I could turn it on. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I, don't, I don't want people to be hurt. I don't want something bad to happen to people. I don't care what they do because, listen, when people are not being godly, they're not acting godly, it's because they don't know my God. I don't want something bad to happen to someone else, and I definitely don't want bad things to happen to people because of my mistakes. Yeah. I don't want to have some nonchalant attitude that I can be however I want to be and, and be ugly or be whatever, and, and that hurt other people. We don't, I, we don't want other people to hurt. But I promise you, if somebody forms themselves against you like a weapon, the Bible is very clear that things will not go well for them. 
But that's not us wishing bad on somebody. Never have that attitude that you hope something bad is going to happen to somebody. Never, never feel that way. Get rid of those kind of things. Leave the judging to God. God will take care of people in a good way because he's for them. And at times, when we see them as like our enemy, it's like we're against them. Well, God's not. He's for us even when we make mistakes. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? But he said, I will hold your right hand, the end of verse 13. I will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Always. And then I want to end with Galatians 5. And I want to read this out of the Amplified. I mean, no, I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible. Isn't that what I wanted to read? Yes, it is. Out of the Message. It is absolutely clear, verse 13 of Galatians 5. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to be to, to a free life. God has called you to be free, in other words. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's Word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? 1 John 4 and verse 18 says, Perfect love is what casts out all fear. We've been talking about love a lot in the last couple of years. But I believe it's the key to us overcoming. And, and people that, like, in, in, in that Galatians, um, in the Galatians 5 passage in the, in the New King James, it says, it says, don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And to love our neighbor as ourself, we have to be able to understand how God loved us. Because he loved us first, not we tried, we're, it's not that we're in this life trying to love. He loved us, and when I realize how much he loved me, I can turn around and love other people, and that's what liberates the fear. When it says, when he said in the message in Galatians 5 that you'll find yourself annihilating each other, it's people that are in fear. They're in competition with each other, speaking bad about each other, allowing their mouths to be put on each other and doing things like that. And, and instead of taking the opportunity of being free and learning how to serve each other, that's what all of mankind is, is truly about. God is about all of mankind. And God's created us to be free from fear so that we can live our life helping others to advance. And I tell you what, there's no greater joy on the planet Actually, God said it in, in 3 John uh, verse 4. He said, I have no greater joy than seeing my children walk in the truth. And that's the, that's the heart God wants us to have for the people around us. So as I grow in the truth and I learn to love and I get free of fear and I, I, I allow fear to have no place in me, then I'm able to love other people 
in spite of our differences, in spite of things I don't like about what everybody does. I'm able to love and allow that love to see the fulfillment of God's covenant in the earth with mankind. And that, that, that's what it takes. It takes mankind loving in spite of the differences and all the battles and things that are out there. We're going to love anyway because we're free from fear. Amen? Perfect love casteth out all fear. That's where I choose to live, and that's my prayer for you, that each and every one of you choose and make the choice to live in that place. Amen?